National Broadcasting Company invites you by transcription to join the chase. There is always the hunter and the hunted, the pursuer and the pursued. It may be the voice of authority or a race with death and destruction, the most relentless of the hunters. There are times when laughter is heard as counterpoint and moments when sheer terror is the theme. Always there is the chase. And frustration is the key word when you chase a phantom murder victim and try to find a little woman who wasn't there. You won't believe it. So help me, Hannah, you wouldn't believe it if I took an oath. But I'm going to tell it to you anyway, because the yarn's so screwy, I can't get it out of my head. Now, don't interrupt me. Just listen. It started in the office. I work for Dateline, the magazine that gives you a weekly digest of the news. You've seen it on the stands from New York to San Francisco, which, incidentally, is my headquarters. I've been slaving over a hot typewriter in the Frisco office for years, beating my brains out for senior editors like McFarlane. But if I never socked away a million, at least I felt the job was healthy until this thing began. You sent for me, Mac? Yeah. What are you doing right now? Crystal gazing. What? I'm trying to interpret the latest Soviet news. Turn it over to Eddie Monaco and follow this up. What is it? Personal interview. There's a countess coming in on the Orient. Docks at four. The name is Athena. Countess Athena. Great. Haven't the slightest idea. What will I ask her about? Her clothes. Her what? She's supposed to be one of the ten best-dressed dames in the world. Get a human interest story. Ask her how it feels to struggle along on last year's table coat. What is this, a gag? No, it's not a gag. We've got orders from our Rajah in New York. He thinks we're losing out on female readers. We're to ship out anything that might perk up feminine interest. Let's see what the Countess has to offer. Everything happens to me. All right, Sonny, I'm busy. I'll see you later. Yes, sir, boss, sir. Yes. Now bring something back with them appeal. When you pass the drugstore in the lobby, tell them to set up a hot pastrami and rye. The Orient was a brand new ship just ending its first round trip to Hong Kong and points east. The decks were crowded with passengers and their friends when I got on board. And it was 15 minutes before I finally collared a purser for directions to her ladyship's suite. Uh, excuse me, fellow. You're the purser? Oh, yes, sir. Well, I'm Jerry Combs, Dateline Magazine. Is there a Countess Athena on board? Mm, oh, boy. Uh, where is she? Uh, just up forward. <laughs> you looking for an interview? Yeah. Oh, she's a honey. <laughs> Come with me. Good to look at, huh? Haven't seen anything better since Dietrich... Uh, Sweet 907. She's in here. Thanks, Bob. Well, my name's Potter, and I just love to see it in print. Come in. Yes? Excuse me, Countess. My name is Combs. I'm from Dateline. Uh, it's a weekly magazine. Oh? Uh, we thought you might uh, favor us with an interview. About what, may I ask? Anything that may be of interest to the average woman. And exactly what is the average woman, Mr. Combs? 
Uh, well, uh, I suppose she's a housewife with two kids, and, uh, <laughs> hey, look, who's interviewing who? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do not have much time, Mr. Combs, but I will be glad to answer a few questions. Oh, excuse me. Yes? Speaking? What? Oh, yes. Yes, as soon as possible. Of course. I'm stopping at the Hotel Metro, and thank you for calling. Something wrong, Countess? I'm sorry, but I must ask you to leave. But I just... Leave! Say, you look upset. Is there anything I can do to help you? There's nothing. Goodbye. I stood outside her cabin door for a minute trying to figure it out. What made her go pale so fast? It could have been bad news about her family... Or she may have found out that the mink she just bought was really a muskrat in disguise. But thinking about it seriously, it occurred to me that she looked for a moment like a panic-stricken animal that had been chased through a field and finally cornered by a pack of hungry hounds. Curiosity and the fact that she mentioned the Hotel Metro was enough to lure me over there that evening. And as I crossed the lobby on my way to the desk, I ran into the Orient's purser who... Sounded as if he were enjoying shore leave. Well, <laughs> oh, well, well, well. <laughs> if I live and breathe, it's Richard Harding Davis in person. <laughs> Hi, Admiral. Well, what happened to your uniform? Oh, I'm sure, my friend. I am but a humble civilian, like you. <laughs> How was the interview? It wasn't. Oh, she wasn't nice to you. Uh, she was preoccupied. I'm going to try again right now. Hey, she has a suite in this hotel, you know. Yeah, that's why I'm here. Let me take you up there. But you know the number? Oh, I know everything. I'll introduce you to the Countess all over again. You know, she was awful nice to me aboard ship. She smiled twice. <laughs> well, uh, how about a little drink first? Well, the drinks are on me after I get my interview. Okay, then hoist anchor, as they so quaintly put it in the Merchant Marine, and uh, let's set sail. <laughs> I'd better go in alone. Oh, why? Well, you may be on the gay side tonight for a countess. Well, you think I'm a bit high, movie? It could be. Oh, now, don't you be silly. Besides, the party needs a chaperone. <laughs> uh, me. Hmm. Guess she's out. Oh, no, no. Couldn't be. Why not? Because... I saw her come in and take the elevator a minute before you arrived. Hmm. The door slid open. Must have been a jar. Well, come on. Let's go in. Oh, the room's empty. Well, maybe I was wrong. Her hat and purse are on the table. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's look in that room. Empty in here, too. Not quite. Who's lying over there? Behind the chair. The Countess. She's got a bullet through her head. Oh, I'll take it easy. Okay, well, we, we better call an ambulance. Make it a hearse. But first, get hold of the police. Uh, please. Don't stand there, make the call. But don't use this phone. Why not? Never mind, why not? There's a hall phone in the lobby. Use that one. Oh, okay. And hurry. Yeah, okay.
Give me McFarland's desk, quick. This is Jerry Combs. Hello, Max. I'm in the Hotel Metro. Countess Athena's suite. She's been murdered. Yes. Shot through the head. Well, how do I know why? All I know is that your feminine interest, John, has turned into a whodunit. I'm waiting for the cops right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll check back later. What? Robbery? No, no, I doubt it. Her pocketbook's on the table inside, and I don't think it's been touched. Now, but I'll try to come up with a couple of answers, if there are any available. I checked the room before the police arrived and found everything in order. No sign of a struggle, no evidence of strong-arm stuff of any kind. I was on my knees examining the blood stain on the carpet when a police lieutenant walked in. Not disturbing you, am I? Not police? Lieutenant Byron. My name is Combs, Dateline Magazine. Yeah, I know. Your sidekick said I'd find you here when he called. My sidekick? Oh, you mean the purser. Where is he? Home in bed, nothing, a hangover. You look like you're in need of a little sleep yourself. No, thanks. I'm staying for the party. What party? This is no ordinary homicide, Lieutenant. Oh, no? The gal's a countess. She just got off a boat. I was in her stateroom when she got a call that scared the living... Say, haven't we met before, Lieutenant? Maybe. About five years ago, wasn't it? I was with... We'll exchange reminiscences some other time. I got work to do. Well, go right ahead. I won't be in your way. I'll say you won't. Out. What? You heard me. Out. Now, listen, Lieutenant. I'm a member of the press. I've got a right to get my story. What story? This story. It's just routine. I tell you what I'll do. I'll call your office myself after we're finished. Oh, no, thanks. That's my job. I don't think this is routine either. That woman just checked in about an hour ago. I know all about her. You do? Sure, and I suppose you run along back to your office and leave the detective work to me. Now, wait a I minute. I said blow reporter. Oh, this is a fine brush off. What's the idea of the top lieutenant act? Since when does the press get a runaround in this town? I got a... Now, look here. Throw this bum out. Okay, you asked for it. Our magazine goes to press tonight, and when I write this yarn, I'm giving you special mention, Lieutenant Byron. Remember, I spell my name with a Y. Just like the poet. I was poor as a boil by the time I got back to the office. In all my years on the press, I've never been treated like a high school kid with a yen for sensationalism. And on top of that, I was practically a material witness. I found the body. And that dumb flatfoot didn't even bother to ask one single question. Come to think of it, that was the craziest thing of all. He didn't even question that was only the start of a screwball night. Mac. Oh, hello, Jerry. Listen, Mac. Hmm? I just got a pushing around from the carpet department. There's a story in that Countess murder, and Lieutenant Byron didn't give me a chance. What to... murder? The Countess Athena killing. What else? Have you been drinking on company time, Combs? Have I what? Countess Athena wasn't murdered. She... She wasn't? Well, then what did she die of? A stroke. A stroke? This gal was shot through the head. Listen, Jerry, you're giving me a headache. Why don't you forget the entire business and go home to bed? Am I really nuts? It's a new idea. We've got a murder in our laps and a deadline. I mean, in two hours, there's a chance we can scoop all the dailies for the love of Mike. That murder story is a figment of your cockeyed imagination. What? The woman died of a stroke. It's been absolutely proven. Now get out of here before you can. <laughs> It almost made my whiskers curl. 
My own boss, a man of intelligence, was telling me that the woman I saw with a slug in her brain died of natural causes. There's only one explanation. Someone gave him phony facts for some ulterior motive. And there was only one way to set him straight, and I took it. Half an hour later, I was outside the counter suite again, ready to risk another scrap with Lieutenant Byron. Yes. Oh, sorry, I must have the wrong... Oh, wait a minute. This is suite number 881? Yes, it is. Can I help you? Well, where's Lieutenant Byron? Lieutenant who? The police... How long have you been occupying this suite, man? I've been here since yesterday. Who are you, young man? You've been here since when? I'm afraid I... Wait a minute, excuse me. How dare you enter my apartment without an invitation? Yeah, it's the same place, all right. I remember that cracked mirror on the wall and those pictures. What on earth are you talking about? You took the words right out of my mouth. You haven't been in this suite since yesterday, lady. You must be insane. Where's the counter? Who? Where's the body? Say, who are you, if you don't mind my asking? I'm Mrs. Lucille Carver. And if you don't leave this apartment at once, I'll call the police. I'll go right after I have another look at the carpet in the other room. You lunatic! Now stay out of that room, do you hear? Stay out! What did you expect to find in here? Even the bloodstain on the carpet. That's gone, too. Maybe you're right, lady. Maybe I am going crazy after all. with a muttered apology and a ringing in my ears. What was going on here? A dame with a hole in her face isn't something you dream up every day in a week. This Carver woman acted as though the Countess never even existed. It almost made me feel I was chasing a mirage. I needed a drink. Good three-fingered hooker and a chance to think this out. And as luck would have it, I ran right into Potter, the purser in the bar. One more, barkeep. Oh, Potter. Hmm. Oh. Hello, Tom. Uh, what are you drinking? Buttermilk. Butter what? With a little lemon on the side. Potter. Boy, am I glad I ran into you. Something absolutely screwy is going on. Oh, really? Yeah, the countess, you know, the name that was shot. My boss was told that she died of a stroke, and now... Jane, what then? I beg your pardon. I said, what then? Uh, uh, barkeeper, you hurry up with that buttermilk. My ulcers are crying. Potter. Yes? Tie a can to the gags, will you? I'm talking about the Countess Athena. Oh, I never met the lady. Is she married? Potter, play footsie with me, and I'll not get no, kicked out. Take your hands off me. You, uh... You're... Creeps my lapel. All right, what is it? What's what? I'm willing to bite. What's the angle? Angle? Did you see a woman named the Countess of Fina with a bullet in her head? No. She wasn't on your passenger list aboard the boat? No. And you've never even heard the name before? No. Potter, you're a liar. And you're a nasty man. For the love of Harry, is everybody trying to drive me nuts? Am I really chasing an illusion? Is it possible to dream up a corpse that never existed? It's possible to drink too much. Oh, is it? And you were as drunk as a coot when we met about two hours ago here in the bar. Oh, interesting. You were flat on your back, fella. Well, I had to take you home. 
Well, that's... Countess Athena you were talking about was riding a pink elephant in your brain. That's a lie, you know. One it. more buttermilk barkeep, will you, please? And uh, make it a weak oh, one. Honor. Yes, for the last time. Are you going to level with me instead of trying to drive me crazy? Uh, look, will you go peddle your weekly friends? <laughs> why I hit him. If it must have been just a little too much. Everybody was acting like I was insane. But that sock on the button brought three cops on the run. And 15 minutes later, I was standing in front of a desk sergeant in a local precinct. Drunk and disorderly. Now, uh, wait a minute, sergeant. I wasn't drunk. Then how did you come to be brawling in a bar, mister? I still... I was frustrated. You were what? I've got nothing personal against the man I hit. It's just that he... You felt like exercising, so you tried to break his job. Well, not exactly, no. Not exactly. Well, now, maybe the judge will give you not exactly 30 days, me buckle. He'll make it 29. Book him on a day and Wait a minute, you can't do that. Oh, no, I can't. I've got a right to make a call first. Well, that's correct, Sergeant. He's got a right to make a call. Byron. Lieutenant Byron. Oh, boy, am I glad you're here. Well, you flatter me. What happened? Did the catch his feeling happy from a push star? Listen, you remember Potter, the person? Potter? The Potter, the guy who called you tonight when we found the Countess's body. Oh, yeah, Potter. Yeah. At least you admit you remember the murder. What murder? Come again. Man doesn't seem to be sober yet, Sergeant. A night in the cooler will fix him up. Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. You deny you investigated the murder of Countess Athena in the Hotel Metro tonight? Nobody was murdered, mister. The lady's still alive. She's still... But she can't be. No. She was killed instantly. You better lock this boy up for a week, Sergeant. He may be dangerous. What kind of a deal is this, anyway? Is everybody trying to drive me up a tree? Hey, what's the charge, Sergeant? A D&D. Anything else? <clears throat> well, no. He could have been resisting an officer and flouting the law. Yeah, hold him for trial on Friday. Friday? You mean you're going to keep me here for the rest of the week? If you like, you can stay two weeks. We'll give you a room with a view. I've got a right to make a call. You said that before. Okay, one call. Who's your lawyer? I want to talk to McFarland at the Dateline office. What's the number? 479311. Dial the number for him, Hogan. Yes, sir. Look, Lieutenant. I'm just a poor dumb bunny who's trying to turn an honest buck. All night long, I've been chasing a corpse that everybody tells me doesn't even exist. All right, now what's the gimmick? Please, let me in on it before I break a blood vessel and really go off my trolley. Hello, Dateline office. Sergeant Hogan, 11th Precinct Station. I want to talk to Mr. McFarland. Right. But just a minute. Here, Mr. Sanders. Hello, Mac. Listen, Mac, I'm in a jam. I got into a brawl a little while ago, and they're holding me on a disorderly conduct charge. Yeah, Lieutenant Byron's here, too. So will you get a bondsman down and bail me out? What? You want to... Oh, sure. Thanks, thanks, Mac. Yeah, he wants to talk to you, Lieutenant. With pleasure. Hello? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see. I'm sorry to hear you say that, Mr. McFarland. What? Yeah, I understand. <laughs> it's all right with us if it's all right with you. So long. Well... He says he doesn't care if we keep you here until you're too old to walk out. He said what? Hook him, Sergeant. Put him in a nice warm place. Wait a minute. You can't do this to me. i got a right to legal advice. Just I... a moment, please. I represent this gentleman. Who are you? Ramit is my name. My card. 
I'm an attorney, and I'm prepared to furnish bonds. In any amount? In any amount. You know this man, Combs? Hi. He has known me for years. Yeah, sure. For years. Hi. You cannot hold him indefinitely on a charge like this, Lieutenant. I demand that you bring my client to night court so that his case may be tried immediately. He will plead guilty, of course, and as a forced offender, he will be released after payment of a small fine. That, I believe, is the legal procedure. Pretty smart, Mr. Rennick. Does he go over tonight, Cottleton? Now, release him. Right now. We'll withdraw charges. Let him go with his Mr. Rennick. Rannick was Santa Claus. A Santa with a sallow face and a toothbrush mustache who looked more like a soapbox orator than a lawyer. But he was just what the doctor ordered as far as I was concerned. He didn't say a word until we hit the street. And then he murmured something about a cup of coffee and he steered me into a cafeteria across the way. I don't know who sent you, Mr. Rannick, but you're the answer to a prayer. I uh, was in the Metro Bar just before the fight began, Mr. Combs. And I followed you to the station house. Yeah? Why? Because your story was so interesting. My story? The one you discussed with the young man you struck. The man who was first around the Orient with the Countess Athena. Oh? You know the Countess Athena? I've heard of her. According to what you told the purser, the lady was murdered. Yes. When? Tonight. By whom? I don't know. Your, uh, your interest seems to be more than casual, Mr. Rannick. I assure you it is. However, I must believe your story first before I can tell you just why I'm so concerned. Oh, you better tell me I've been seeing things, too, like everybody else. Oh, on the contrary, I'm most anxious to have your story proven, if that is possible. You must admit, however, that the purser seemed to feel you were intoxicated. And the other... Seemed to feel I'm crazy. However, there is one way to verify your story, Mr. Combs. I must see the body with my own eyes. And how do you think you're going to do that? There's only one place the corpse would be. Is there not? Yes. The morgue. Exactly. You have a press card. That should be enough to pass us through. Finish your coffee, Mr. Combs. You have an interesting evening. I hear the wash. Ever been to a morgue? It's a dandy place to spend an evening. It's always quiet in the icebox, and the inmates sleep with that restful quality that only a skid row bum knows. We went from crib to crib. Let's try this one, Mr. Holmes. Yes, that's a man. Must have been in an accident. Automobile, perhaps careless driving, seems to be taking a heavy toll of your countryman. Huh? My countryman? Uh, let us try the next one. Political? Her real name was Morrow, Mr. Combs. 
But he was a traitor. Say, who are you, anyway? I'm afraid I have work to do, and I have no further time to waste on Wait you. Wait a minute. Let's call my arm. There's a crack you made before about my countrymen. What's all this about the Countess being a traitor? I don't dig you right. Pass back, you fool! Yep. That gun loaded. You're an idiot, Tom. I have half a mind to leave you here in an appropriate state. But I have other things to do that are more important. I'll say you have. Byron. Stay put, Renner. There were three FBI men there with Byron. There was the 4th of July and fleet maneuvers rolled into one. By the time it was over, Rannick had a hole in his chest and Byron had one in his leg. As for me, I was on a slab right next to Countess Athena, and I'd have stayed there if the slug that hit me had traveled just two inches to the left. Hello, Jerry. How's the boy? Uh, never felt better, Mac. A slug in the shoulder, a hospital cot is just what I needed to build me up. Uh, you'll be out of here in a couple of days. Take it easy. I uh, brought you some marshmallows to munch on to... Uh... While away the time. Listen, you... Jerry, you mustn't exert yourself. I've got one arm left to use, but I'll slip it around your stubborn throat if I don't get an answer and a good one now. Sure, sure, sure. I'll explain it all. Only don't excite yourself. Start talking and make it good. Well, you guessed yourself that Rannick was a foreign agent, and so was the lady who called herself the Countess Athena. Go on. As a matter of fact, she headed a spy ring in Asia, presumably for the Iron Curtain Boys. Actually, her sympathies were on our side. She was counter-espionage for the West. Who killed her? One of Rannick's men. But the guy was picked up before he could inform Rannick what he found out about the Countess and that he had killed her. That's why Rannick was so anxious to get the facts from me. If Rannick had discovered that Athena had been murdered, he would have known why. And he would have gotten word to his chief in Asia. Every one of Athena's assistants overseas would have been suspect as counter-espionage agents and executed. That's why Athena's death had to be kept under wraps. The order came straight from Washington. But why didn't you let me in on it, too? Even even Potter must have known the fact. Sure, but you were the only one Byron wouldn't trust. He said you were headline crazy. You pulled a fast one on him five years ago. You blew a story you wanted kept out of print for 24 hours. He gave us orders to keep you in the dark. I knew I'd seen him somewhere before. Oh, incidentally, uh, that dame you met in Athena's hotel suite... Yeah, Mr. Carl was a policewoman, one of Byron's clans. Now, does that uh, explain everything, Junior? Oh, sure. But you could have saved me a bullet wound if you'd have told me exactly who she was. Who who was? The, the Countess Athena. Who's she? Get out of here, you... In the animal world, there is the hunter and the hunted. Hound and fox, hawk and sparrow, chicken and worm. But who is to judge precisely which is the pursuer or the pursued as we enter the chase? The chase was created and written for the National Broadcasting Company by Lawrence Cleese. Heard in the cast were Scott Cotsworth, Bryna Rayburn... Chester Stratton, Ian Martin, Joseph Boland, and Roger DeCoven. The chase is directed and transcribed by Fred Way. Fred Collins speaking. Next week, 
A penny-pinching husband and wife industriously weave their own shroud in the chase. If you want your child to have the best education you can give him, won't you get a pencil and paper and take down the address I'm going to give you at the end of this announcement? Unless we start preparing now, in a few years our public schools will be as behind the times as the Little Red Schoolhouse. It is estimated that by 1956, there will be some 7 million more children in elementary schools than they are now. More equipment will be needed, textbooks. To help assure your children a proper education, Write for free information about how citizens in other communities are improving their schools. The address, National Citizens Commission for Public Schools, 2 West 45th Street, New York City. Tonight, it's Adventure with Countess By on NBC. On NBC.